Well, good morning, Living Word. We are well on our way in this sermon series called Loving Your Neighbor. If you remember back, uh, it all started on Rally Sunday, and we opened with, uh, this isn't an option, it's a calling. And then after that, we started to define things. What is love? Who is my neighbor? And then last week, Pastor Dave answered the question of why? Why should I love my neighbor? And so now that we know what love is, who our neighbors are, and why we should love them, there's only really a few questions left. And the question today is, when? When should I love my neighbor? When should I love them? And Jesus has something to say about this in John chapter 4. So if you want to turn to the Gospel of John, fourth book in the New Testament, verse 27, chapter 4, verse 27, as you turn there, I will pray. Dear Jesus, we are thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for your grace. Today, God, I just ask that you'd give me words to speak, that you would give us all ears to, to hear, Lord, whatever it is that you need us to hear today, God. And so we just ask that your will could be done, that your spirit would flow in this place. Use this time together. Amen. <clears throat> now, this section of Scripture is directly following Jesus' talk with the woman at the well. And so, if you know that story, we're just picking up right kind of as she leaves the scene now. The disciples come, uh, come to Jesus, and we're kind of picking up right from there. Verse 27. Just then, his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away in, into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to, him, said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say that there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, I lift up... Uh, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for the harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Now, I get the image here. Of, uh, as Jesus is talking to disciples, as he says, look, you know, the, the harvest is plentiful, like the, or the, the harvest is, is here. And I almost feel like perhaps it's the, the city people, that the woman has gone back, it says, and told the town, and, and the town was coming, and you almost get this image that, that a crowd of people are approaching the well, and Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, look, I mean, the fields are ready here, boys. Let's go. And so as we open this up, we hit this question of, why? Why, or, or excuse me, when? When should we love them? And we can see very clearly in this text that the answer appears to be when we feel like it. Just kidding, right? That's a joke. The answer is when we have sufficient time. Also a joke, not true. When it's convenient. You know, Lord, I'll do it uh, when I'm ready, when it's comfortable. When life slows down, that's, that's when I'll love them, Lord. 
you know, we hear these things. We know that these are silly responses to the question of when should I love my neighbor. But how often do we allow ourselves to believe these excuses in the moments that God opens doors to love our neighbors? Quite frankly, today, there's a very simple answer to our question. The question of when. The answer is now. Always. That's the truth. When do we love our neighbors? Now. We always do. Now is the harvest, Jesus says, in the scripture above. But this text is also making a distinction that is important, I think, for us to understand as we go into the world and live out our faith and love our neighbors. See, the, the answer to the question when is quite simple. It's, it's now and always. But in this text in particular, Jesus is making the distinction between loving people and leading them to himself. Or I'll say it like this. There's a difference between loving people and leading them to salvation in Jesus Christ. Jesus is making a distinction between sowing and reaping. There's a difference here. There's a difference between planting seeds and the harvest. And when we're loving people well, as we've talked about extensively in these sermons and in the small groups, the overarching goal is as we show them agape love, the love of Jesus, is that we make Jesus attractive. And, and, and our hope is that it either encourages fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as their love well to go deeper into their walk with the Lord, or it draws people into Jesus for the first time. These are the seeds that we sow, love. Loves the seeds that we sow, that we sow, and the harvest. Like I feel like the overarching goal of this is salvation for the people around us. And we need to understand, church, when we're sowing and when we're harvesting, when we're reaping. It is something subtle, but I think it's very important to understand the difference because sometimes we go into people's lives and we're trying to harvest. We're like, we just want to throw Jesus at them, throw, you know, the gospel at them and be like, okay, so what do you think? And it's really a time that we should just be sowing. And other times, we kind of just kind of keep sowing and try to keep throwing seeds out. And it's really a time when the Lord's like, I'm giving you an open door here for a harvest. There's, there's been these other parts. Now, we normally don't get to be a part of this entire process as we, as we kind of hear in the text. In fact, spiritual farming isn't like our local farming. I mean, nowadays, every, you know, a family or, or farmers will kind of take the process from start to finish for the most part. There's prep. There's planting. we got spraying or, or weeding, cultivating, fertilizing. In some cases, irrigating, and then finally, the harvest. And when we're out in the world loving people, we are stepping into the timeline of their spiritual journey, and they're somewhere in that process. Some of them have had seeds get planted, and they just need some encouragement and some watering or some fertilizers on those seeds. Some others have had seeds planted, and you notice in their lives that there's a lot of weeds, and you just get this opportunity to come in and lovingly kind of like pull weeds and, and show them a different way, you know? And sometimes you get to walk into the process, and there's been all this work. There's been people that have prepped the soil and planted seeds and watered the ground and fertilized it, and they've done all this stuff, and then you happen to walk in at the very moment 
when the harvest is ready, where they're just like right at the brink of saying, yeah, I do really want Jesus. When we're out in the world, we're stepping into someone's timeline on their spiritual journey. And to have discernment as we walk into their lives or have conversations is so important. Statistics show that a person needs about 15 to 20 positive conversations on faith before they really want Jesus. There is so much labor building up to the harvest and only one harvest. There's such an important understanding that I think is, as, we, as we walk and, and do this, as we share love with people, to understand that, that there's all these parts and you're walking into one of them, as I said, but there's only one harvest and that harvest is worth it. So regardless of where you're walking into this season, you're going and working towards this awesome moment in somebody's life where they come to know Jesus Christ. The harvest of salvation is a big deal. It's worth all the work. It's worth the effort. It's worth the time. It's worth the the struggle and the uncomfortable situations that sometimes we find ourselves in. But it starts with discernment as we walk into people's lives of listening and knowing what does the neighbor sitting in front of you need Paul says it like this in, first, uh, in, in Philippians chapter 1, first chapter in Philippians. He says uh, in verses 9 and 10, he says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Well, that's what we're talking about over this week, right? Like, how do we love our neighbors? He's like, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with what? With knowledge and all discernment that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Paul says, I want you to continue to love people. I want your love to actually abound more and more. And one of the ways it does that is through knowledge and all discernment. So not only can you love people, but you can love people in the specific ways that they're needing it at that time. And that takes understanding. It takes knowledge. It takes discernment. Walking with the Holy Spirit. Many times as we see in the Old Testament, as discernment gets brought up, it's from like a king who's really discerning. He says, Lord, help, give me discernment so I may know good from evil. But I'd argue in these days, godly discernment and wisdom actually goes beyond just an understanding of good and evil. What godly wisdom and godly discernment really helps the modern Christian discern from is not just good and bad. It's discerning great from good. That as we really discern, God will show, yeah, that, that's all great. That's, or all, that's all good stuff. But here, right here, this is great. And we can discern that as we walk into people's lives. Paul says, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you can approve what is excellent. I don't know if you're tracking right now. It's a little maybe abstract. And we're cutting hairs. We're getting picky. But there's so many times in this series and in the life of this church that you've probably heard that there's not a cookie cutter for Christianity because each person we encounter is different. And I wish I could be up here today and say, here's the formula on when you should love and sow seeds of faith and when you should reap and, and harvest and share the gospel boldly for the, gospel boldly for the kingdom. 
It would be so easy if there was just a cookie cutter that we could shove over every single person that we encounter and just say, oh, I don't really know your situation. I don't know your baggage. I don't know anything about you. But here, I'll just shove this idea of Christianity over you, and now you're a Christian, and now we're good to go. See you later. That's not how it works, though. Not a cookie cutter. That's not love. It's not meeting people where they're at at their faith journeys, in their faith journeys. And so like Paul, it's our prayer as we go through this series that we can all abound, our love may all abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that we can approve what's excellent. That we would all know as we walk into lives or see people around us, coworkers, friends, family, yep, I just got to sprinkle some seeds today. God, I just want to love them and I just see where they're at and I'm just going to sprinkle some seeds because that's all I can do. I'm going to fertilize today. Actually, I'm going I'm to go to, I, I got a weed. It sounds like as I, I hear them, there's some things that they're thinking about and the, and the ways their conversation's going with me that, that there's little things that aren't true that they're believing right now in their life, either about God or about themselves. And I got a weed today and I just got to encourage them and, and, and correct them in these little ways that's like, I don't, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't really believe that's true about you. You're, you're, I don't feel like you're giving yourself, you're not seeing yourself in, in the correct light here, you know? Whatever that might be, that sometimes we have to weed, but it all takes discernment. Through discernment, we can kind of understand that, Lord, there's an open door here in front of me. And I'm so excited to walk through it, but I just want to know, first of all, am I seeing this right? This is an open door, correct? And if I go through this, how, how do you, when do you, what does this look like for me to, to go through this? There's moments that we come in at different times, but there's also moments that you're going to walk in the harvest. I have some stories I want to share with you today. There was a, uh, one, one of the situations is um, with, a, with a friend named Anthony in college. And as uh, I went and uh, was getting to know Anthony from time to time and, and, and there were some situations where Anthony invited me into his life. And all of a sudden, uh, one day I was studying in the stairwell of our dorm, and uh, Anthony walks through. He's going to, like, go out the side door of the stairwell <clears throat> to go outside. And I see him. I'm like, Anthony, how you, you, know, how you doing? Uh, good, whatever, you know. And, and, uh, and I just start, like, you know, how, having a conversation. And I immediately just, like, here is the moment, Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the gospel. Here we go. I'm going to really... This is it. This is the moment I've been waiting for. And so I go on a 15-minute soliloquy of a gospel presentation for Anthony. And after 15 minutes of me blabbering, 15 minutes for me, it probably felt like an hour and a half for him. And as we like get through the end, I'm like, Anthony, like, what are your thoughts on some of this stuff, man? Whatever. He's like, um, actually, I was just on my way. My mom is out in the parking lot, and she's been waiting for me in the running car. Like, oh, yeah, you should probably go to your mom. I'm so sorry. I didn't read the situation right. I had no discernment. I just kind of like, there wasn't an open door. I just kicked it open as hard as I could, being like, today's the day, Lord. I'm going to do this. I don't really care what your timing is. I don't care what Anthony has on his schedule. I'm just going to go for it. No discernment. Had a lot of love for him, but no discernment at all. There's another time that... Uh, it was part of like an evangelism conference in college as well, and, and uh, we got divvied up between these local churches in Minneapolis, and uh, we were just like 
churches would give us like some information about their church and they're like, go out to our neighborhood and just knock on doors and hand people church, church information and talk to them about Jesus. And it was like, this is terribly in, like, intimidating and I don't want to get bit by a dog, but I'm going for it. And so we go and we're doing these door-to-door stuff and we pound on a door and um, right before we're about to walk back down on the steps and, you know, do that, like, okay, another no answer, uh, <clears throat> a high school girl opens the door. And uh, she's like, can I help you? Like, yeah, we're, you know, we're just handing out, we, I don't know if you know about ch- churches in the area, but here's a local church, and, and start talking to her a little bit about Jesus, and her face just lit up, and she's like, starts spewing her guts. She's like, my friend is really struggling, and she's super sick, and, and this is going on in my life, and this is going on in my life, and I was just upstairs in my room praying when the door got knocked on about like, Lord, if you're real, would you just show up? You know, <laughs> one of those stories, just incredible to be a part of. And we got to tell her about Jesus Christ and what it means to be a follower and how he can take shame and forgiveness. And, and she just like is weeping on the front doorstep, un, like cannot believe that God showed up and that there was a, a God named Jesus that was just so excited to be in a relationship with her. Sometimes we come into these moments right at the harvest. We came into this girl's life. There was so much work going on before she opened that door. God was working. I know people were working. And Jesus says, I sent you into the world to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you've entered into their labor. He says, it's not about you. This is on God's timing, but about when we get to be used in God's work. And church, what if our prayer was, in the morning as he woke up, Lord, can you just give me wisdom and discernment to see the open doors around me and know when I should step into them? There is much discernment needed as we love people in the world. If we get too much about the harvest, we just like, doesn't matter where people are at, like the Anthony's, it's just like, today I'm going to just shove Jesus at you as hard as I possibly can because it's all about the harvest and it's not about knowing you. It just doesn't work well. And sometimes we can get the other thing where it's just like, it's all about love and it's just about love them, love them, love them. And all of a sudden we have situations where people are just sitting in front of us desperate for like understanding Jesus and we just kind of give them a shoulder pat and say, that's, that's tough. Yeah, that's hard. I'm... I'm sorry that you're going through that. And there's just like this awesome opportunity of a harvest that Jesus is like, it's right here. Here's the door. I'm asking you, would you, I'm putting everything on it. I had this situation at Perkins one day with a high school student. As I sat down with him, the, this, this student literally says in front of me, he says, um, you know, says, uh, I've had kind of quite the life, you know. I'm like, yeah, you know, life's tough. He started talking to me about his life. His mom had committed suicide. His dad left him. He was too broken up about the mom's death, so he just bailed. Student was now in foster care, contemplating suicide himself. And he said this, I wish there was somebody who would love me regardless of my past that I could completely trust to never leave me when I needed them. You talk about an open door. I mean, God put it on a t-ball stand and gave me a tennis racket. You know, you couldn't miss it. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I I know a guy. (laughs) His name's Jesus. 
That young man didn't need a pat on the back that day. He needed Jesus. And I know I'm getting to be a broken record, but this is what the <laughs> is on the heart today is church, it takes discernment. Because there are opportunities all around us and it's so easy to ignore them. When is the harvest? Harvest is now. God can put a wide door, or just a wide open door in front of us to bring the gospel or to bring love and it's just so easy to focus on our own schedules or go to life with blinders and it's just like, well, Lord, when am I supposed to do this? Well, it's, it's not when we're comfortable or when it's convenient. It's, it's not when we feel like it. If we're waiting for those moments, then the whens will never show up. And sometimes, you know, it, it's just so easy just to, to either ignore those doors or on the flip side is we just care so much about the people around us that kind of like the Anthony Dunn's that we just kick down doors that are totally closed because we want to take matters into our own hands and both sides it's just not taking good discernment. That we either ignore opportunities or we just try to make our opportunities and kick down doors. Sometimes it's not the time. We wish so much that a son or a daughter knew Jesus or a friend or a coworker knew Jesus that we just go for it. And we try to harvest when we really should be planting. And we feel like this has to be the time and it's our job and it's on my shoulders. And it's in those moments where we just make mistakes. All of this is ultimately Jesus' work, but what's so cool about it is God's inviting you into it. You get to be a part of God's work in people's lives that God says, I'm going to use you to, to, to plant, I'm going to use you to water, and we just don't know the timeline, but God already has these things in front of us that says, I'm just so excited to use you for this moment in this person's life, but it takes us to walk through those doors. So when should we love our neighbors? Well, now, always. But let your love abound with knowledge and discernment. Next week, <clears throat> we'll dive a little deeper in how we do this. But as a teaser for that as I close, comes Galatians chapter 5. Paul says again, verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. In verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there are no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The harvest is worth it. As we walk with the Spirit and just say, God, I'm, I'm yours today. Here I am. Send me. I'm yours today. Give me eyes to see the open doors. Give me discernment through the power of your Holy Spirit. I mean, James chapter 1, verse 5 says, you know, pray for wisdom. God is at telling you, pray for wisdom. Pray for this so that when we get to situations in life, that we can be ready and discern what time it actually is. The harvest is worth it. One last story. There's a kid named Frankie that was at uh, college. And Frankie was, uh, uh, had muscular dystrophy. He could uh, run his wheelchair 
uh, with two of his fingers so he could have an electric wheelchair. But other than that, Frankie couldn't move. And Frankie started coming to a Bible study, <clears throat> and uh, a bunch of uh, people just really started loving Frankie well. Frankie uh, was actually part Native American. His mom practiced uh, the Native religion like very, very seriously. And Frankie didn't really care about Christianity, but he loved, just loved having friends who loved him well. And so he, Frankie would come to Bible studies, not because he wanted to know about the Bible, just because he wanted to hang out. And then we'd order pizza, and we'd have to feed Frankie pizza, and he just felt so served when we would, you know, be giving him bites of pizza because he couldn't do it. And, and he just loved him and loved him, and, and he just kind of became a friend. And one day, I got a call from Frankie, and he said, could you come up? He lived uh, two, two floors above me in the dorms. And he said, would you mind coming up to my room? Sure. So I went up there. And it was, it was after a Bible study night. <clears throat> after a Bible study night, everyone has gone home. Frankie's gone back up to his room. And uh, then I get this text. <clears throat> and I get up to his room and open the door. And he says, uh, <clears throat> Greg, I'm ready. I'm ready for Jesus. I just really, I really want, I really want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Man, the harvest is worth it, guys. And sometimes we get to be just in part of one part. Sometimes with Frankie, we just got to walk with him and love him. But this fruit of love and this fruit of loving your neighbors, like, it's not just so we can check the box and do a fun sermon series and we can call it a day and be like, oh, cool, we, I guess I, I, it's a good reminder to love people. No, it's like, it's all leading towards something. And the harvest is so worth it. And you might not get to be a part of the harvest, but there'll be a day when you get to enter in the kingdom of heaven. And I just feel like, like God's going to give you an opportunity to say, see these steps of, these, see these little moments of obedience where you walk through these doors? You know, Grace ended up, uh, you know, two years after that conversation, she ended up coming to know the Lord. Thanks for being faithful and, and, and watering her at that point. The harvest is so worth it. And I hope it's an encouragement to you today that as we do this, to keep in mind that when we do this stuff, there is an, like this, we, we do it and there's, there's this overarching ending that is the goal and it's, it's worth anything that's uncomfortable. It's worth the hassle, the inconvenience. The harvest is worth it. And I want us to remember that as we continue to live out loving our neighbors. Let's pray. God, we're thankful for your goodness, your grace. We're thankful for loving us when it's not easy to love us, Lord. And then, Lord, you call us to love others regardless of how easy it is to love them. And, Lord, as we do that, we just pray that there would be fruit in that, fruit in that labor, that we would come in and join in others as they've labored for people, as they've loved people around them, and that, God, that there would be a harvest Sometimes just in, a, in, in, in brothers and sisters in Christ going deeper, but also, Lord, that, that you would bring about a harvest, Lord, because the harvest is now, and that you bring about a harvest of salvation for those around us. Amen.